0: I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight talk going state to state. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my leave. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.
1: What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy George Rakai, and I'm back here again, Straight Talk Studios. Now, when this one drops, it's gonna literally be a couple days before july more importantly a couple days into summer and there's nothing more summery than one of the whitest wrestlers in all of ontario indie no i'm joking. <laughs> Please help me welcome my scottish paison the one the only freedom wallace how are you brother well i might already be sunburnt on that note
0: so the <laughs> so so first you know we're recording this it's the first day of summer you say it's going to drop a couple days before july i'll definitely be the color of my
1: shirt by then fingers crossed i guess right that's what olive is for i guess right
0: i i tend to get a base coat and i'll be bright red uh but then as the summer goes on i do turn a slight shade of tan like you know my skin's capable of tanning but uh There's definitely an initial burn coming.
1: Oh, absolutely! Listen, look, look, see—great tan here, right? And then, bam! White as Casper. It's scary. It is scary. Well,
0: you you need to walk around without a shirt on more often.
1: Yeah, I should, but then you know the or uh, not? I don't. The dad bod, the dad bod might just be all out there for everyone to see, and there's only a few people that would want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a market there's a market for it. Absolutely, hundred percent. So, Freedom, I have uh, recently tapped into commentary here in Ontario, Indy, and I've had the pleasure of calling some of your matches, even on the fly. When you were at a Battle Arts show, you came over to me and was like, "Hey, man, I got to wrestle. Could you slip in with George the Iceman, do the commentary, and then you know I'll come in and fill in after that?" I was like, "Yeah, without a doubt." And that, that's just how I am. I want to help everybody. And I also love talking wrestling. It's like the easiest thing in the world to me. It's like breathing. But um, I've had so much honor of calling some of your matches recently, most recently at New Frontier Pro, where you are tearing it up and you're having great matches. You're telling great stories. The thing that's frustrating about New Frontier Pro, though, and I got to ask this question first before we get into all the other matches that I've called of yours. What is the alliance with Ad Hutchinson right now? Like, what, what is the end game with you two? Like, where are we going with this?
0: Well, it's hard to say what the end game is because we're still playing the game itself. And even if I did know what the end game was, I wouldn't reveal it here on this podcast for everyone else to be able to hear because then that would just ruin the game. That would be cheating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's no secret. You'd have to be living under a wrestling rock for the last however many years that ad hutchinson and i or adam have history we came up together we started at the same time we're both products of battle arts academy he literally lived in my house for two and a half years while here i don't know that too many people know that but we have almost like a big brother younger brother dynamic we don't always get along but we have plenty in common and he's a natural choice to come in and be by my side at new frontier because, you know, you get by with a little help from your, your friends, so to speak.
1: So Mm -hmm. I like how you air quoted the word friends.
0: Well, like I said, we don't always get along, but. uh,
1: (laughs) You have that mutual respect and understanding for one another.
0: Absolutely. I know what he's capable of
1: that's that's actually a better answer you know what he's capable of therefore you can always kind of be I know you you're a chess man at heart you're not thinking what's my next move you're already thinking seven moves ahead that's what makes freedom wallace a very dangerous person in the ring and dangerous you are like I said you've had great matches at new frontier pro from that three-way dance with clay wilson and gabriel fuerza Uh, unfortunately you were the early elimination in that one but then we came back we had matches with Gabriel Fuerza. Most recently at the last show, we had matches with Von Vertigo. A lot of juxtaposition. And I noticed the great thing about you is this is one thing we never touched on in our first conversation, which if anyone wants to, you can go back through the archives and listen because it was a great listen. Especially when I called his appearance on SmackDown when he got squashed in like under a minute. I called it the greatest thing that had happened that episode of 205. And he laughed his ass off saying, really? It was 92 seconds. <laughs> uh, I was...
0: I was just going to correct you again. It was not under a minute. I was out there for longer than a minute.
1: Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. You were, and then you did correct me in the archive. So see, now we're bringing back the old stuff back to the new stuff. So it's good. It's good. Um, But like I said, you're very dangerous in, in terms of your wrestling IQ. It's incredible because you're always thinking a few steps ahead, but also the way you can maneuver yourself almost chameleon like to match or accelerate over anyone else's style. Von Vertigo is very speedy and high-flying. I noticed you picked up your speed and your high-risk aerial stuff when you're in the ring with him. Fuerza is very much like yourself in a way. He'll find a body part, target it, break it down slowly over time. But I find you know a way to balance the styles of whoever you face. Do you think that's come from the training that you've had or from the years of experience that you have, or is that just a natural instinct that you have? Because something like that, I truly believe cannot be taught.
0: I appreciate that insight. I'd have a counterpoint to that actually. And I would think part of it's actually on the contrary. And a lot of how I get by is by commanding any space I walk into. So I would say that I forced Vertigo and Fuerza to even slow down and change their game, Mm -hmm. being in the same space as me. Mm -hmm. So that may have given me an advantage to make them wrestle at the pace that I wanted to wrestle at. So any room I walk into, I have a commanding presence. Any ring I enter, I have a commanding presence. So I think they were at my mercy in terms of how that match played out. And I didn't have to try and be faster than I was capable of being. Mm because of it so that's why you know at least in the for contest i got the result that i wanted
1: absolutely and like i said the match calling a freedom wallace match is always exciting because as much as i uh being the babyface commentator i have to you know i have to take shots at the bad guy i have to talk about how the bad guy is you know always underhanded and this and that but i find with you i can't do that because it's just you have to call a spade a spade and you have to call talent talent. This is not me kissing your ass. This is me just being honest. Like, like you're right. I I look at the point now and you're right. You've made them change your game. It's that cliche of any basketball coach of a big basketball or baseball fan. They always give the pep talk saying you got to make them play your game. You got to make them work your, your strategies, which you want to do. And that's what you do. You kind of bring that, that into the squared circle by forcing them to change on the fly to suit the style that you're bringing because of the commanding presence. But it's also, again, wrestling IQ, knowing what you have to do. And I always notice, too, you always have great ring position, whether it be getting a submission or having a submission done on you. There's always a rope within arm's reach. I've never seen you go dead center in the ring and not have output, if you will.
0: And I didn't always have that awareness. That comes with time and experience. And I'm not always perfect at, executing there are instances where I do wind up playing their game and there's a moment in that Fuerza match which if you tune in in fact by the time this airs it will likely be on Twitch already but June 25th 10 p.m is the premiere of the New Frontier Pro Show where I wrestle Fuerza but there's a moment in that match where I left my feet which is a rare occasion and I was forced to leapfrog over Fuerza and show off my athleticism, which does exist. Um, But in that instance, I was outsmarted because I landed, showed off for a second, and turned right around into a hip toss from Fuerza. So it wasn't until I was able to inflict damage onto Fuerza's arm that I was able to start controlling the pace myself. Um, And I think when it comes to, despite his own abilities, when it comes to ground submission wrestling, I've got just about anybody beat out there.
1: I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. I'm a big fan of the um, the old school style of wrestling. Not so much the high-flying and the speed. I enjoy that stuff too, the oh my God moments. But the true basis of wrestling just these two guys trying to get one up on each other or two girls or or tag team, if you will. Always trying to get that one-upsmanship, but in the way that you can break a body down. There is literally so many holds that you could do to the human body to inflict pain or punishment, or even focus on wearing those body parts down. So when they do go for their maximum power moves, they don't have the same strength as they did when the match started. And that's what makes a conversation like this so exciting because I can get that insight because you are, like I said, very chameleon-like in learning how to break the body down. When you're, when you're facing an opponent and you're doing your research, because I know you, you pride yourself on research. You look at it like a chessboard. You're doing your research on the opponent that you may have not faced or you may have had facings with in the past. And you look at maybe where they've evolved to from when you first wrestled them to where they are now. And you can see that certain things are different. Maybe they've worked on their upper body strength, so their arms are a little bit tighter. Do you already think of how you could break those body parts down in order to avoid that maximum damage. If they were to land one of their more signature moves, if you will.
0: So I think the match with vertigo is a good example of that as well, because in that match I grounded him. So whereas in the, Fuerza match it was targeting the arm in the vertigo match, I targeted his leg. Cause I know he's capable of flipping around and, hitting aerial offense, which I wanted none of. So my strategy going into that match was get him grounded, eliminate his ability to do his high-flying offense, and essentially that eliminates his ability to have any offense at all.
1: I like it. And I like the no, they're no short of confidence when you give your answers. That's what I love the most. Now out of all the people that you've wrestled in Ontario Indy uh, in and around these different promotions, but also in your home promotion, you know, Junction, which we're going to talk about in a little bit for sure. Everyone has that one dance partner, if you will, that one person in the ring that they would love to fight forever. Looking at the great scene that we have here in Ontario, who would you say is freedom Wallace's fight forever? Like if you're on a card with this person, you know that this is the one person you want to stare across the ring at forever if you have the ability to.
0: I knew you were going to ask something to that effect. And despite the tensions, I enjoyed fighting Fuerza and Von Vertigo. I I would do that again uh similarly with clay wilson i think were a good matchup i in knowing and anticipating that you might ask me something like this i thought about like who are my favorite opponents that i've wrestled in the past and there's so many different people that pop into my head um don't get me wrong i hate space monkey but i do enjoy sharing a ring with him uh and then going back into the vault, I thought, like, who, and there's different eras of my sort of come up in wrestling, obviously, as I learned through different phases, and at certain points, you need a level of of guidance in there. So another name that comes to mind is Hornet. I really enjoyed wrestling Hornet when I was a relative rookie, Um, and obviously, I've had many, many tag team encounters uh, with my cousin Bradford Montague by my side and we had a couple of long-standing rivalries. Uh, One team we wrestled a lot was the team of Randy Bino and DJ so there's a familiarity there where at least in a tag team sense could probably fight them forever. We absolutely hated the riparoos the team of sam osborne and tony cage tony cage is now of course karsinder singh or rather what's his name i don't even i don't even watch wrestling these days at least not nxt uk but um sorry tony i'm sorry if you're, i'm sorry if you're hearing this tony um but the riparoos we had a lot of matches could probably fight them forever uh in tag team encounters and the list goes on like and then I guess it's relevant to say, is there someone out there that I haven't wrestled yet that I would like to? And I would have to give that a bit of thought. So we'll maybe come back to that. I've been faced with this, this question in different forms uh, many times. So, uh, and maybe we can, you know, depending on the direction of the conversation, at least through the summer, you'll likely only see me at New Frontier Pro. So if I had to name one name, Despite winning the match against Gabriel Fuerza, there are still, there's still unfinished business there. So I would pick Fuerza as the person that I would fight forever. And by forever, I mean, for, you know, the next couple months. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Next couple of months is good. Next couple of months is good. Now you mentioned your cousin, which is great because you segue perfectly. And this is the chemistry that we have. Now, I noticed that uh, when I actually was able to sit down with the Bollywood boys and get some time, you were at their seminar, the tag team seminar that they put on at Battle Arts. What was it like learning from a tag team like that, that has had that, um, I guess you'd say, extended experience? And then coming in being Jinder Mahal's valets, if you will, mouthpieces, you know, uh, distractions on the sidelines to almost getting a shot to be the tag team again before, unfortunately, getting the release. Looking at their juxtaposition of, again, being brothers, you and Bradford being cousins, family kind of works in a tag team setting a lot of the time, right? Whether it be brothers or sisters, or it be again cousins or anything like that. Relatives, if they're relatives, if they share the same heartbeat, same blood as you do, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of get that chemistry working a little bit quicker. Would you agree or would you disagree in that?
0: Yeah, obviously there's uh literal familiarity in, in family. And you know, that connection and bond runs way deeper than the wrestling ring Uh, in the case of brothers like the Bollywood boys, obviously they would have grown up together Uh, and just having that experience that extends beyond wrestling, that in itself is an advantage. Um, Similar to, even though we're not related, just having that connection with Ad Hutchinson that is outside of just at wrestling shows. Like we live together, we train together. There's, value in that there's bonds that are made uh, amongst family members that you know no bond in in wrestling can touch so um i think it's obvious that there's an advantage to being partnered with somebody you've grown up with and and know so intimately
1: absolutely 100% agree but what about the seminar was there anything in the seminar that I guess they might've shown you or given you a different outlook on something that you may have done before, but then and learning from them being the tag team, you're like, huh, it's a different take on, on that.
0: <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, but I specifically asked them about ways that they would distract the referee in order to gain an advantage. Uh, so they showed us some tactics for getting away with, some things that would otherwise cause a disqualification. Um, So that was something. And, you know, that was a, that was an interesting couple of days because there was, uh, there was the Serena Deeb seminar the night prior and there was 40, uh, 40 to 50 odd people there. So there was very little individual attention. It was still a great learning experience. And then, The next night for the Bollywood Boys, you know, there were far fewer people, but that allowed for the individual or tag team attention, so to speak. So Bradford and I were at that. Um, And so because of that, I got a lot more out of that experience. And that was the one thing specifically that I wanted to ask them. And they did teach me some new tactics as how can we uh, get away with get away with some stuff behind the referee's back that we uh, in ways that we haven't <laughs> thought of yet?
1: So I like it. Well, I guess I'll have to keep an eye out for whatever these tactics may be. And whenever they are, if I'm on the commentary table, well, just give me a little wink. And I'll be like, oh, OK, you learned that from the Bollywood boys. OK, cool, cool. <laughs> there, there's
0: uh, there's bits and pieces of it. Brad Bradford and I are the reigning Junction City Wrestling tag team champions. And we were crowned as such on the most recent show, which was March 27th. We defeated the team of Clay Wilson and Jocelyn Waugh, l'équipe magnifique, uh, to become the first-ever tag team champion. So that match is on YouTube, Junction City Wrestling Season 5, Episode 6. It starts the episode and uh, just gave away the result. But we win, and it's partially thanks to some of the tactics that we learned from the Bollywood boys that night at the seminar.
1: Can't be mad at that. Cannot be mad at that at all. Absolutely not. So speaking of Junction City, we talked about this a lot the last time we were on the show, the storytelling, the fun you guys have over there, the insanity that ensues, um, the one uh, the one show I was able to catch live and not on YouTube, because I've been a fan of Junction City for a long time, so kind of sitting down with you at Battle Arts that day was, was pretty cool. But to um to get to see, I guess the end result of the diamond, that was, I believe, season four, season three, if I'm not mistaken. Which season am I? Am I? Am I right? I mean, the diamond is still present. I know, but this was this was like the you know the big one at the brewery and everything. Kind of, it was actually Jody Threat's wedding it was a big part of all this stuff too. Yeah, Yep. Okay. So yep. that would have
0: been uh, season three, episode ten, uh, the wedding of Jody Threat and Pretty Ricky. Uh, but the saga of the mysterious diamond is still
1: ongoing oh yeah no i i never miss the diamond is definitely present but i gotta be honest with you that was my favorite season why because it was a little bit more i was at a lot of shows during that season i think i went to three or four so to experience it live and then go back and watch it with the commentary added to it a lot of fun but being able to experience it live was was pretty damn cool and then of course you know Space Monkey, and all kinds of crazy shit happen. Seeing Carew and Ad Hutchinson go to a no decision at that episode mm-hmm. as well. Phenomenal. The storytelling is, is, is fun. And it reminds me of a simpler time in wrestling when it could be fun. It wasn't just always looking for the oh my god moment. You could build these great characters to build these stories if it's told properly. I really find that you pride yourself on the storytelling ability that you have when it comes to Junction City. What is the secret in terms of like, cause even when I've interviewed Jodi Threat, she talks about how much fun she has at Junction city when she's there, just because it's almost like a night off for her. Okay. I don't have to think, I don't have to overthink it. Like it's already kind of built in for me. What needs to be done. I just have to execute it the way it's supposed to be. What's it like for you? When you, when you, you know, you, you think of this story in your mind, you write it all down, you get it from A to B, and then you sit back at home with popcorn, maybe pizza, maybe your favorite cider or ale, whatever you're drinking, you watch it again, you go, oh, yeah, that, that right there. feet <laughs> Yeah.
0: You know what? It's, uh, it's not always such a clear cut process. Like different ideas will come to me at different times. And sometimes ideas I have for different pairings and, and what may or may not happen, you know, they'll, live in my mind for a few days and then I won't think they're such a great idea anymore and they'll never happen. And others, I sometimes like, I'll have a bit of a rule of thumb. Like if I get an idea, not just pertaining to wrestling, but anything in life, get an idea that I might think is a great idea. I generally try and sit on it for a couple of days. And then, you know, if after two, three days, I still think it's a great idea, then I'll go ahead and and follow through on that. So there's uh, it's, yeah, it's not a simple a point A to point B process and um, it's just a condition of the creative mind. I would say sometimes the light bulb goes off at times you wouldn't expect. And sometimes that time is an hour before the opening bell. And sometimes it's months in advance. And certainly over the course of the pandemic, I had a lot of time to think about what direction we might be heading. And so, and some of that long time to think creativity came to life as well. So on the Junction City Wrestling Channel, while we were off during the pandemic, I produced the In Between Times special, uh, which sort of got everyone caught up on the, Goings on or not goings on within Junction City Wrestling, and there's a particular piece worth watching, I would say, of Saucer Man who came into possession of the mysterious diamond mm-hmm. and what could maybe be described as like a fever dream or a hallucination, where he's flying the diamond as if it's a spaceship through space and time, um, only to wake up and realize that he is captive at the hands of the beholder so all of this out of context probably sounds outrageous and ridiculous but um if you're so inclined uh viewers of straight talk wrestling uh check out the junction city wrestling youtube channel and particularly what i'm talking about is the in-between time special and then we have been back since the pandemic so season five picks up where we left off and where we left off is basically where you mentioned, which was, you know, we had one show following the show where Jody threat and pretty Ricky got married. And, and not to give too much away, but uh, their wedding has uh, their marriage has uh, since dissolved. Um, But you'll have to check out the YouTube channel to see how that happened.
1: Absolutely guys. Take my word for it. It is fun. It is enjoyable. It's got comedy. It's got heart. It's got a lot of great wrestling with a lot of great talents here in Ontario that should be getting a lot more spotlight. Junction City is, is one of the funnest promotions. Uh, any chance I can to promote them, I always love to do it. And also, when they have their shows, a lot of times that amazing breweries that make fucking phenomenal beer. And I'm not a big beer guy, but this this guy gets me excited for beers and ciders, all kinds. I love it. One time I'd like to go on a beer, like a beer voyage with you through all these different experiences to, to really get into the mind that is freedom wallace i absolutely would
0: i i think anybody that knows me uh, well enough knows my favorite brewery is shackland's brewing co mm-hmm. and shackland's is hugely responsible for junction city wrestling even existing so i've told this story a million times but you know shackland's was near where i used to live and i approached them cuz i knew that somehow, some way I was going to create my own wrestling show and needed to find a place to have the first event. So in talking to Shacklands Dave, the guy who runs Shacklands, long story short, I spotted a Brutus the Barber Beefcake collector cup on his shelf of everything, a wall full of memorabilia. And that was the segue for me to say, oh, I see you have a Brutus the Barber Beefcake collector cup have you ever thought about having professional wrestling in your parking lot? And then that's how the first junction city wrestling event came to be. So shacklands, Dave is the person who first gave me a chance to have an event of, of my own, so to speak. So, um, and then the style of beer they brew it's Belgian ale. So any beer connoisseurs out there, that's my favorite kind of beer in the world. Brewed by the Belgian monks in their Belgian monasteries centuries ago
1: and now brewed all over the world in half the time
0: yeah well and now obviously people all over the world replicate those ancient recipes shacklands being the best at it absolutely check check them out shacklands
1: absolutely check out shacklands shameless plug shacklands thank you for giving us giving (laughs) and shameless plug we love the Shacklands. i actually do enjoy shacklands as well they are really fantastic and the belgium Belgium is one of my favorites as well, so I can't complain. I don't drink beer too often. I'm more of a gin and tonic guy. I'm old school that way. I like to, you know, I like to imagine myself sitting at a bar in the '60s with a big fat moon ring on my finger, the cigarette in my mouth, like uh, you know Jerry Lewis being like, "Sit down, shut up, and pay attention." That's 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 my kind of drink. That's what I like to live at old school. But when I do drink beer, I do drink chocolates I always keep a few in the fridge at all times, and that's the truth of the matter. Let's let Excellent. that soak in for a second. Let's yeah. <laughs> let that soak in. I was I was going for the 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 relaxing pause. No, let's get back to some wrestling. So looking at um the character of Freedom Wallace, before we always do the five questions beforehand. Many hosts asked a few. We drop that on Saturday, then our conversation drops on the Wednesday. Uh, she asked a great question, and it's a question that I know you've been asked a thousand times before. Heal or face, and your answer, you didn't even really think about it. You're like, I always heal through and through. It's just something that I, I automatically just pulsate hatred. People just hate me, and I feel like you live off that. I feel like you really do live off that. What's it like, considerably always going to every promotion, no matter which promotion you're at, and they always say, okay, dude, you're gonna be healed because there's no other way around it. Has anybody ever approached you to be a face? And you're like
0: <sighs> Yeah, um, it it has come up. And like I told the mini host, you know, I love eliciting an emotional response. Like that's one of my favorite parts of wrestling and performing and storytelling and even creating videos. And I just love making people feel something, but when it comes to being a heel or a face, it's not really a choice. Like being a heel, I come by it naturally. Mm -hmm. Like being a try, trying to be a face. It's, it feels awkward to me. Like I can't go out there and be like, yeah, come on everybody. And like, it's just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't suit me as a person. Yeah. And so like, I don't really try to be a heel and I don't think I'm really a bad guy.
1: No, you're a sweetheart. I actually, you're, actually, <laughs> actually, you're, you're one of the <laughs> nicest people in wrestling. We always have pleasant exchanges whenever we see one another. And yeah, it's hard because I know you behind the curtain and I know that you're a genuine soul with a great heart. And I know you're in front of the curtain. I'm like, fuck, I want to hit that guy. I want to hit that guy the, so hard. <laughs> the,
0: the, way, the way in which I wrestle um, sort of like evokes irritation and I, you know, call it what you want, but obviously I'll, I'll turn to underhanded tactics and and uh, I, I cheat on purpose. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't go out there all smiles. Like it just, I don't know, even if I'm not trying to, have the audience hate me like it's just the facial expression I may have or the way in which I saunter to the ring I think I come across as smug in Mm -hmm. my performance Mm -hmm. and and when I'm and I'm when I'm wrestling and I think some of what happens in the ring when I'm out there even has almost a comedic tinge and some people may call it cowardly and but, you know, sometimes I need a breather and I'll take a beat and hit it to the floor for a second. And I know there's no timeouts in wrestling, but I'll call for a timeout
1: because, <laughs> yeah, you, do. you know,
0: like, or even if I, you know, if I don't have the opportunity to slip to the floor, you know, I'll ask my opponent, like, please wait, give me a minute. Um, but sometimes that's me sucking them in. And when they get too close, it's wham, headbutt to the midsection. Uh, which then of course gives me the advantage. Um, And some of the submission holds I use are, you know, damaging and dangerous looking and, and frightening. Um, And I have a tendency to mock fans, especially if they don't, you know, like I believe it or not, like I avoid conflict and confrontation at all costs. It's part of who I am as a, as a person. And, and when I'm out there in front of the audience and they're reacting to what I'm doing, I react back and my I have a tendency, like if somebody's booing me in the audience, I'll be like, Oh, please. And make voices like that and mock them. And people don't take too kindly to the way in which I treat them when I'm out there in the ring in front of the audience. So, I mean, I'm not really, yeah, it's just who I am. I'm not trying to be a, somebody that the audience hates um but i have fun doing it and i feel awkward when i try to be a nice guy out there so um i think the the per, the value of the performance suffers as well because i don't have to try to be a heel um but i would have to try to be a face and it doesn't come naturally to me so i i I even found myself, like, you know, I was asked at that first New Frontier Pro show to, you know, lean towards being a good guy, so to speak. Like, just try to be a respectable wrestler out there. So I was trying to tone down the yelling at the audience and generally not being myself. But even towards the end, especially once I was the first unfortunate competitor eliminated from that triple threat match uh somebody said something in the crowd and I just turned and was like shut up and then I was like oh yeah well I'm not supposed to (laughs) not supposed to do that (laughs) so so it just comes through it just come comes through naturally and and like I said like like in some cases some of the audience likes me for my underhanded tactics and you know so I don't know in some ways, maybe I'm a lo- a lovable heel, so to speak too. And certainly like clan freedom and Bradford and I, and um, for the most part, the audience might be booing us, but they have a smile on their face. So they enjoy watching it and they, they love what they're seeing. And that's because it's like true. It just comes through naturally. And I like making people laugh as much as I like making them annoyed.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like to make you laugh, but I want to annoy the crap out of you. Let's talk. Let's take a personal switch to, uh, to this interview because we've had a lot of great wrestling insight in this. A couple more questions and we'll play a game and I'll let you go. But your wedding, it's coming up October, I believe you said. Uh, how is the planning going? I mean, how was planning a wedding kind of in the midst of a pandemic winding down then kind of starting up again then winding down and now we're kind of seem to be back to whatever this new normal is? How has that experience been so far for you guys, you and your fiance?
0: Well, without diving too deep into the behind the scenes life of freedom Wallace slash Andrew McCrae and my lovely fiance um our relationship for the most part was came to be through the pandemic. like we'd known each other for a year then the pandemic hit. We were essentially forced into by choice but you know the media messaging was like stay home um, and at that point in our relationship I was splitting time uh, between where I was living and, and staying with my fiancé and then it was like okay well where's home and I ultimately chose my fiancé's home so we moved in together kind of out of nowhere uh, and then For the longest time, we'd had nowhere to go. (laughs) Like we couldn't go out. It was everything was shut down. There were no events to go and be at. There was hardly any wrestling. So there was a lot of time just together amidst this global crisis. And I think that accelerated our relationship a great deal. Um, I proposed last July. Uh, So we're coming up on a year of actually being engaged. But luckily, unlike so many others, we haven't had any hiccups where we've had to sort of stop planning and reschedule or, you know, so many weddings have been delayed, delayed again, delayed again, Chop the guest list, we can only have 50, Chop the guest list, we can only have 10. Um, we haven't had any of that. And knock on wood, we're just pushing forward under the assumption and expectation that we'll be restriction free come October. And so it's been exciting as much as like the whole world opening up again, so to speak. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having, you know, 150 odd family and friends in the same building and, and the conversations that will come out of that. And like once in a lifetime conversations, there'll be people that meet each other that day and probably never speak to each other again so that's my next big event that i'm producing and planning and uh rather helping produce and plan my fiance is the consummate event planner which uh we're a great match because obviously i've got my own event production background and but when it comes to uh me producing events that's that's the next one that I'm building towards. And I'm in the main event.
1: You are. You are the main event. You're <laughs> the main attraction. People are coming to see you, her, tie the knot. And it's going to be try. great. And I, I, I know I said it before when you made the post on Facebook because we are friends on Facebook. We do follow each other outside of this world. And I believe I was one of the first people in on that post saying congratulations, well-deserved. Anytime somebody can find happiness in this crazy world, whether it be during a pandemic, after a pandemic, when life gets you up and down, things there's challenges. But you know what? The best thing is finding that person that's going to walk with you through life and at some points carry you. When your chips are down, that person will build you up. I do have one of those people... We, uh, Me and my wife, we've been together for 19 years now. We've been married for 14. So it's, uh, it, you know, it has its challenges. Uh, anybody who says marriage doesn't work, is out of their minds because it takes work every day for somebody to uh, put up with me. Uh, God knows I'm a fucking, I'm a pain in the ass sometimes. I know it. I absolutely <laughs> know. It. But, you know, even my wife has her challenges too sometimes. She could be a real pain in the ass. But the great thing is we're a pain in the ass together. So if I give you any kind of advice, one advice I would always say is don't go to bed angry if a fight happens cool down for a little bit but always find a way to to say good night to one another and love you because you don't know what tomorrow holds that's the key factor
0: i appreciate that yeah it's been the greatest learning experience i've been through so far um and doesn't compare to anything and obviously i'm in uh a new phase of my life now since the last time I was on straight talk wrestling seems like a lifetime ago, literally.
1: It really does. And it's like, it was in
0: another, another dimension. (laughs) I was not even the same guy talking to you, but I am. am.
1: No, you are, you are, you are the same guy. You're like I said, behind the curtain, you're a sweetheart front of the curtain. You got to get slapped sometimes. It's true. It's It's a fact of the matter. Now, when I look at the career of freedom Wallace thus far, I will have to say that some of my best, some of my best memories of you or matches of you, or when there's gold or something on the line. Again, that match I called on the fly where you uh, you won the battle battle arts light heavyweight championship in that triple threat match. That was great. Um, and then unfortunately, um, you know, only to lose it a couple of weeks later, but it is what it is. It happens, things happen. But um, any match where uh, Freedom Wallace gets to be Freedom Wallace, to the nines and get those reactions. Those are some of my funnest memories. And like I said, even when I'm calling your matches and being the narrator to the stories that you guys are telling, some of the matches where I could see you get the reaction out of the crowd. And, it's, and, it, and like you said, it's very unintentional. When you get a reaction out of a crowd, it's organic. It's not forced. You don't walk out, grab the mic and say, oh, I'm glad to be back here in this shithole city. Ooh, yeah, no, you just, it's natural organic heat. And that's something that cannot be taught. That's something that can be learned over experience. When you look at the career of Freedom Wallace, and you also talked about the next phase of your life, what is um, what's in this next chapter? I mean, wedding coming up out October. Then you know we're two months out from twenty twenty three. Uh, not to get too forward, but what is this next phase of your life in terms of wrestling? We know what personal life holds, but what's the next phase of wrestling? What's that that next you get a punch through that ceiling, go to that next level?
0: That's a Good question, it's not a straightforward answer. Something that's floating through my mind is how much I've enjoyed these shows with New Frontier Pro. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm not producing the events myself. So for a majority of all the shows I've ever wrestled on, I've at least put up a camera and recorded the show. And so there's even that little bit of extra stress, like, Oh, I got to get there a little bit earlier, just so I have time to figure out where's the best place to put the camera. So I was always very concerned with and wanted to record every match so I could bring it home and watch it back and just collect the footage. And of course I love watching myself wrestle. Um, and then In a case like, you know, all the battle art shows, I would be up on the scaffold putting the hard cam up, I'd be making sure we have a ringside camera person, I'd be helping out the person get all the songs in order in the production room and make sure they know how to use the lights above the ring. And doing a lot of the production responsibilities, as well as preparing for my own match and going out there and putting my best foot forward. And I was doing that well, competing at my highest level for the championships and at my peak, so to speak, in wrestling thus far. And of course, with Junction City Wrestling Shows, I am all over the place. It's organized chaos and I'm calm, cool, and collected, but there is a lot to do when it comes to producing an event. So hence why for the moment, there are not any Junction City Wrestling shows scheduled for the rest of the year. Stay tuned, never say never. But as of right now, my next big event is the wedding. And so And it's because it takes up so much real estate in my mind, not only creatively, but logistically figuring out, you know, the venue, who's going to be wrestling, everything else under the sun that you need to have in place in order to have a successful event. So with New Frontier Pro, I've just been able to show up and wrestle and that's it. And I'm really enjoying that freedom, no pun intended, to just go in there and and have fun. Uh, as long as I win uh, with New Frontier Pro, because they have all of the production in place. And then, you know, a couple weeks after the show, it streams on Twitch, and then they're uploading all the matches onto YouTube not too long thereafter. Uh, so those first two events are up on YouTube in their entirety for anyone who's interested. So that triple threat we've referred to, you can find it on YouTube Clay Wilson, Gabriel Fuerza, Freedom Wallace. And the match I had with Von Vertigo in the Biltmore Theater in Oshawa is up on YouTube as well. And once this most recent show has been sufficiently streamed, you'll be able to watch Gabriel Fuerza versus Freedom Wallace on YouTube also. So what's next for me? I don't, honestly, it's hard for me to see beyond November at this point. It's like wedding and then what does life look like? after that i know i have distant future visions like let's say there's a potential family down the line i'm always going to have wrestling in my back pocket like i would want to wrestle in front of a hypothetical child of mine one day and i love coaching as well um I'm currently playing softball on Monday nights. I was nominated the team captain on the first night of the season, just because of my natural charisma and the commanding presence I carry with me in you any paid everybody, space didn't. that I enter.
1: You <laughs> paid everybody,
0: didn't <laughs> I mean, um, so I'm really enjoying that and it's, it's, I would call it like a player coach role. Like as captain, I'm responsible for establishing the lineup every game and figuring out who's playing where. And I just, now I'm the guy on the sidelines yelling, look alive, look alive, dingers with the downtown dingers. Um, And it just comes naturally to me. And I love helping out, you know, I may not have the level of experience say in comparison to many of the mentors I've had that have taught me, but in comparison to somebody who's brand new and just getting into professional wrestling, I can help that person. I can guide them. I have a lot to teach them. So I think my future in wrestling is a combination of when the time is right, continuing to produce my own events. Cause I love doing that. I love junction city wrestling. It's that's probably never going to go away and I've got it at a point where it can kind of stop and start again like it exists and it always will so I don't need to be putting on a show every month for that to be what I want it to be so there'll be a production element there'll be an element of wrestling just knowing there's a match coming up helps me helps motivate me to stay fit like that's a reason to do the extra workout and Just for that overall like mental health, physical health, overall well-being aspect, just knowing there's a wrestling show coming up, I think I'm always going to keep somewhat of a regular cadence of wrestling ongoing. Uh, And then hopefully there's an opportunity to do some some coaching and whether or not that's on an occasional basis or a more regular basis, I don't know. Um, But yeah, my future in wrestling – it can be whatever I want it to be. In terms of, you know, fully immersing myself and chasing a career as a professional wrestler, that's not on my radar right now, but I would leave it at never say never. And the best, most succinct, bullet pointed answer I can give you after this long, drawn out, long winded answer would be little bit of producing my own shows, a little bit of just showing up and wrestling on other shows and a little bit of coaching and teaching.
1: I like that. I think that's a great answer from a well-spoken individual, a sweetheart of a human being and a great wrestler. And that's the truth of the matter. And now before we say our goodbyes and you shout out your socials, I wanna play a game with you. It's very simple. It's called one or the other. I give you two choices of two random things. For example, Batman or Superman. Without thinking, you give me your answer. Five questions, are you ready? I hope so. Okay, well, here we go. Ultimate Warrior or Sting? Ultimate Warrior. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Beer? or shots beer finally Doritos ruffles ruffles it wasn't that hard I actually liked all your answers I liked all your answers very simple very very classy that's how you are freedom Wallace stays classy that game's a
0: trap because no matter what there's going to be at least 50 percent of the audience that's going to go oh
1: but that's a great thing i'm putting you on the spot and you can't think you just have to give me your answer because 95 percent of the time the first answer you think about is really subconsciously what you want
0: Stings the sting and ultimate warrior piece is a tough one but i ultimately had to go with like five-year-old me and i can remember the box the package to the toy wwf championship belt uh, we're talking 1991, 1992, Hasbro, yep, yep. and it was the Ultimate Warrior in the green on there. And I used to paint my face up with Crayola marker in the Ultimate Warrior paint. And just in general, I was always loyal to WWF over WCW. So as much as I like Sting as well, I had to pick Ultimate Warrior. That one, uh, that could be a contentious. That's a contentious
1: question. That's a tough one. That absolutely is. All right, my friend, thank you so much for being a guest again on straight talk wrestling. I always enjoy the conversations. before you go shout out your socials where they can find the world that is freedom, Wallace and junction city and everything else you're doing.
0: Well, there's so many places you can find what I do online, but Instagram is at freedom is McRae M C R A E. That is, on Instagram, you can type that into Google in general. You'll probably find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all the same handle. Junction City Wrestling is at Wrestle Junction. same thing. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Junction City Wrestling on YouTube as well. And if you'd like to see the more professional side of things, you can find Andrew McRae on LinkedIn.
1: No. Fancy. He does have one hell of a, a very snazzy looking picture on his LinkedIn. I will say that. I will say that for sure. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I'm your host, your boy. You know my socials, they're in the link below. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.
0: Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my league You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing
1: fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight out going, state to state